right, all right. Good morning, Trace. How are we feeling this morning? How's everybody doing? Everybody doing all right? Incredibly grateful to have each of you that are in this room with us. Also, those that are watching or listening online, thanks for joining our Trace community via the internet. And I want to celebrate something with you really quick. If you've been coming to Trace for a few weeks at least, you probably heard us talk about doing a special Easter offering last week. And that, that offering was going specifically to helping as many kids go to camp this summer as possible. And we kind of preface that with this idea and this notion that, man, kids just went through an incredibly difficult season, right? And our students just went through an incredibly difficult year. And if there were ever a year to try to get as many kids to, as possible to camp, to connect with other students, connect with other kids, but most importantly, connecting to Christ, because we believe camps cultivate life change in Christ, like this is the year to do that. And so what we wanted to do is do a special offering where all of that money was going to make sure that finances were not going to be a deterrent at all for any kid or any family that wanted to go to camp. And I'm here to celebrate with you that we raised over $14,000 to do that. So thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> well, today we are kicking off a new series called Church Hurt. And if you ask me, this is long overdue. And I want to I wanna appeal to you right now and let you know that if there were ever a series that we were doing where I would want to encourage you to make sure that you hear all three sermons in the series, it's going to be this one. In other words, if you were to just hear today's sermon and not hear the next two, you would potentially walk away with an incomplete perspective thinking like, well, why didn't they mention this or why wasn't that brought up? And so I want you to commit to either being here every Sunday or making sure that you watch online. You can get on our YouTube page and do it that way. It's probably the easiest way to do that because we want you to come away with a complete perspective when it comes to this church hurt conversation that we desperately need to have if you ask me. Now I wanna go ahead and take this moment to recognize that there's probably some people with us today that are here with a little bit of reluctance. Like you came here because somebody cared enough about you to invite you, you came here because somebody knew that you had a story, that you had a story that maybe involved some church hurt and maybe that hurt is, is pretty deep, and it left a wound that has caused you to be reluctant of places like this. Like, if you were to be honest today, maybe some of you would say, you know what, I've actually been pretty intentional to stay away from places like this and listening to people like me, and if you're here today and that represents you at all, I want to let you know thank you. Thank you for taking another chance. Thank you for being courageous enough this morning to come and, and to give it another shot. And by no means have you have you arrived in a perfect church? But we are working incredibly hard, incredibly hard to make sure that this is a safe place where you can stop pretending, a place where you can truly come and wrestle with your doubts if you need to. Be, if you, need to. If you, you need to wrestle with God. We want to create a space here. If you need to belong for a little while before you even believe, we wanna give you a space to do that. And so I wanna let you know that we know you're here and I want you to know that this series, honestly, it's for you. Guys, we started this church about four and a half years ago with a hope, of course, you know, if you ever start a church, if any church has ever started, it should be with the number one motivation of reaching people who don't know Jesus. But our second motivation was to reach people that still loved Jesus, but were done with the church. Because at some point their story was was given this moment, this kind of pivotal moment in time where something happened. 
something happened. And maybe for you, it was like the early part of your, of your you know, church going experience when you were a kid and with your family. And maybe something happened that was over the course of many years that you experienced that caused you to just be like, you know what? I don't think this is worth it anymore. Or maybe for you, it was just one incident. And that was enough. Because that incident left you leaving, wondering, man, how much should I actually believe out of what I've been told over the last so many years of my life, because I was taught things about God. I was, shown, I was shown things about God in the Bible. And so therefore I had some expectations of what I thought people in places of spiritual position and authority, I thought I had an expectation of what I was gonna receive from them, but I experienced something completely different. And now you walked away thinking, can I actually believe that any of this is legit? And I wanna let you know if that's a part of your story, I'm glad you're here. And let me, let me go a step further. If I experienced what some of you have experienced, if I've experienced what some of you watching or listening to this online have experienced, I'd probably wanna stay away from places like this and listen to people like me as well. I just want you to know that. If I experienced what some of you have possibly experienced, I'd probably have a hard time understanding or believing if all of this is actually legit. And I don't think I would do this conversation, let me say it differently. I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention that as a church, we probably caused some church hurt along the way as well. I think I'd be unfair to the conversation if I didn't admit that at some point, I'm sure our church has probably caused some church hurt in other people's lives. Listen, wherever there's people, there's problems, amen? <laughs> and I wanna share something that John Piper said that I think sums it up really well. He said, one guarantee of committing to any local church is that sooner or later, it'll hurt. Whether it involves low-level disappointments, fallout from scandal, or the ravages of civil war, the local church will always leave us aching for something better. And even though... And unfortunately, even though this is so common in the church today, it doesn't make it okay. And it doesn't make it right. And for me to get up here and just say, I'm sorry, it doesn't feel like enough. You see, this position that I sit in has afforded me the opportunity over the years to be on the other side of a lot of coffee tables on the other side of a lot of conversations where I've sat and I've listened and I've heard my fair share of people's hurts, habits, and hangups, but I've also heard horrific stories of what people have experienced in church and what have people have experienced from people that sit in my seat. And sometimes I feel so helpless. I feel so helpless in what I could possibly do to bring any healing into their life. And so honestly, sometimes all I know to do or all I feel like I can do is drop my head and shake it and then just look at them and say, it's not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be this way. Stories of betrayal from leaders that you thought you could trust. Most of the time they are men in positions of spiritual authority. I've heard stories of sexual abuse from leaders sexual misconduct, sexual advances that youth pastors have made on students. And if that story represents anyone in this room today or watching, I'm sorry. It's not supposed to be this way. 
Maybe you felt dismissed or completely disregarded or downgraded because you were a woman or maybe because you weren't white. And if that's the story of anyone in here, I'm sorry. It's not supposed to be this way. Maybe for you, you made a mistake and you knew it was a mistake. It was a big mistake. You made a pretty big compromise. You made a concession. You ended up doing something. It was a pretty big failure. And so you decided you needed to talk to somebody at church about it. And so you went and you confessed and you were expecting some accountability because we should expect accountability when we've allowed a sin struggle to take place in our life. So we should expect some accountability. But what you were not expecting was the deep level of condemnation and the lack of grace that was extended or not extended in your direction. And so if that is a part of your story, I want to let you know that I'm sorry. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be that way. Maybe for you, you had a problem that was physical. Maybe it was a mental illness. Maybe it was a relational problem and you were told that it's your fault. And if you just had enough faith that you could fix the problem. And so because you couldn't fix the problem, it means you didn't have enough faith. And so you walked away feeling like there was something wrong with you. It's not supposed to be that way. Still others, maybe you grew up in a very charismatic or sometimes even a crazy-matic environment, right? And you had this pressure put on you to kind of live out this hyper-spiritualized life. And you felt like if I don't do this, if I don't perform, if I don't speak in tongues, if I don't do these other things, then I feel like I'm a lesser than Christian. And so you found yourself performing a lot and you didn't necessarily see your faith grow. You just felt like you were being more fake. It's not supposed to be that way. Maybe there's somebody in here or watching online and you finally owned up to the fact that you were gay or you had same-sex attraction. And so you wanted to kind of process that through with somebody in a position of spiritual leadership or authority. And so you went to a church or the church that you were a part of and you tried to process that with them. And instead of that person sitting down to listen to you and to hear you out and to hear what was going on inside of you, they just said, no, listen, listen, you need to pray the gay away. And if you don't, like there's no place for you here. And so maybe you left more confused and hurt and misunderstood than when you even came to have that conversation. It's not supposed to be that way. Uh, Many years ago, when I was still working in a health club, I invited a couple to come to the church that I was a part of. It was a huge church, about 10,000 people. I invited this couple to come to church with me and they weren't really church going people. And uh, the only reason I think they came is out of respect for me. And for what it's worth, I would never hesitate to extend invitations for people to come to church because even if they're not church going people, maybe they'll come out of respect for you. But they came And again, big church, 10,000 people. They came to church with me one Sunday. I met them there and they they sat in the row in front of me. And as they're sitting there and as the guy gets up to preach, it wasn't the lead pastor preaching that day. It was actually the teaching pastor. And I knew him. I'd I'd worked out with him a few times and stuff. So I I had somewhat of a friendship with him. And Man, the whole time, this couple that I had invited, they're a dating couple, they weren't married, and they're just, they're just talking the whole time. And I'm like frustrated. I'm getting, I'm like, man, why don't you guys listen? Like, why are you talking the whole time? And I was like, I remember just being so frustrated with them. And then the next day, this couple, actually not the couple, the guy comes and finds me at the gym. I'm working and he comes and finds me and he says, Aaron, I'm, 
I don't want to start any problems. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get involved in some big mess, but I feel like I need to tell you something. I'm like, man, yeah, whatever, what, what's going on? He said, the girl that I'm dating that came with me, she said that she had been out on a date with a guy that was preaching. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, 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 that's Brad. And she goes, no, I, I know. She told me his name. She told me the day they went on a date, where they went on a date. And it wasn't that long ago. And I said, no, it could have been Brad. Brad's married. He's got a kid. And so I called Brad up and I said, hey, Brad, will you, you, are you coming meet with me? Can we just talk through this? Actually, I didn't say it that way. Let me back up. I called him and I said, hey, will you meet with me? I want to talk to you about something. He said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, just, just come meet with me and we'll go from there. And he came. And I confronted him on what I had heard because it seemed believable and he denied it, but I could tell he was lying. And it came out a little bit later that Brad was having multiple affairs with divorced women in the church. It's possible that there's gonna be somebody watching or there's somebody that's gonna listen to this sermon. They're like, Aaron, I don't know if this is helpful. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you need to give everybody else a bunch of excuses to kind of like bash on the church. I don't know if this is helpful, but listen to me, that sentiment is the problem. The fact that we have tried to cover these things up, the fact that we've tried to act like that they don't exist, the fact that we try to, you know, just make the church look like it's perfect when it's not. And by no means am I saying that the people that have had moral failures made big mistakes in the church, I don't think they're evil and I still believe that God can use them and has used them to do incredible things for his kingdom. And I'm not dismissing them and I'm not acting like that, you know, we need to just throw stones because I promise you that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, listen to me, is that we can do better. Let me say it differently. We must do better. And I know that begins with people like me. Because unfortunately, a lot of the church hurt stories that exist in this room and a lot of the church hurt stories from people that'll be watching this maybe later because somebody sends this to you, they come on the other side of somebody in my position not being held accountable. I mean, guys, I'll be honest with you. If I wanted to, this position can be used very easily to spiritually manipulate and get my way. If I wanted to, if I was an unhealthy person, you know, I mentioned last week that one of the number one questions that I asked myself over and over is what was your motivation for doing that, Aaron? When you said that, what was your motivation? Is it, was that a pure motivation? Were your motivations healthy when you said that, when you did that? And that's one of the litmus tests that I make sure that I keep in front of me to make sure that I don't get get sideways to make sure that I'm not abusing the position that God has given me. But I want to let you know, this position is easy. I mean, I can easily use this to abuse, to spiritually abuse people and to hold my authority over people if I wanted to. I mean, I could even use scripture, right? I could go to Hebrews chapter 13 and say, have confidence, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. You guys don't want to be a burden on me, right? (laughs) For that would be of no benefit to you. Watch. I'm a spiritual leader in your life. I've got spiritual authority over you, so you need to do what I say so that my work for God that I'm doing can be joyful. Can you see how quickly, I mean, I could give you so many verses. Can you see how quickly that somebody in my position could actually use this position and leverage this position for the sake of their own spirit, not not even spiritual, but for their own agenda? And spiritual abuse begins to take root. Now, let me be clear. 
Uh, I would like this job to be somewhat joyful. I mean, I don't want any of you to make my life a living hell, let's be clear. (laughs) But that's not why I signed up. I promise you I could go make a lot more money somewhere else if that's what I was in this for. But no, I'm here because God called me to be here. And I want you to know the Jesus that saved my life. That's why I'm here. In her book, Seductive Poison, Deborah Layton said something, and if you're not familiar with the Jonestown story of just incredible spiritual abuse and manipulation to the point that they were convincing people to take their own lives, you should probably look up that up on the internet later just to see how, how deep spiritual abuse can go if it's not held in account. But she said this in her book, when our own thoughts are forbidden, when our questions are not allowed and our doubts are punished, when contacts and friendships outside of the organization are censored, we are being abused for an end that never justifies its mean. That's spiritual abuse. It's a real problem in the church. And some of you have experienced it. Some of you have shared stories with me and you've truly, like you would say, you came out of a cult where what I just read, like you experienced that. Some of you shared some stories on my Facebook feed that were just heart-wrenching to read. A spiritually abusive group might claim that they are God's sole channel of communication and that they alone are, are the only ones that can rightly interpret God's word. And so they may claim that salvation depends on belonging to their church and that since God speaks through them alone, there can be no further discussion on what the leaders say. Just submit. Or the leaders might point to God's anointing on their life and on their work, and they prove that by increased baptisms or church attendance. So how dare you question them? Some of you may know somebody in a church right now that this is their reality, and maybe you need to send this sermon to them later. Another thing that I see happen, unfortunately, where there begins to be a root of spiritual abuse is when there's kind of the anointed man of God. I call this the man of God syndrome, where it's like, there's the holy man of God, and he's, there's the man of God, the holy one, and people start to kind of make these unhealthy devotions to them, and concessions are made, and it's like, but he's the man of God, and he's the one that brings us God's word, and it just kind of gets sick, and it kind of, it gets, starts getting weird, and And you just got to be careful with that. And so I even challenge when I meet with other pastors all the time, I'm like, man, hey, you're not the man of God. There's only one man of God. His name is Jesus. And we need to do our best to represent him, but we're not the man of God. Hopefully we can become men of God collectively as we're pursuing Jesus, but there's no man of God. And when that seed takes root, I promise you, you're gonna at some point find yourself on the other end of spiritual abuse. Listen, let me be clear. Do you, or should you respect people in this position, in my position? Yes. I mean, do I want your respect? Yes. Do I feel appreciated when somebody lets me know that God is using me to, to speak and to preach in such a way that it's making an impact in your life and in your faith? Absolutely. I feel incredibly honored and valued every time somebody shares that with me. Am I thankful for the private jet that takes me where I want to go whenever I want to go? You better believe it. (laughs) I've never even ridden first class for the jet. (laughs) I do think it's healthy to honor people in this position, okay? And I I almost hate even saying that because it sounds self-serving. So whether you're in this church or whether you go to another church, I think it's it's healthy to honor people. I want to honor you. I want to honor my wife. 
Hopefully the honor is just a part of our culture, amen? We wanna honor people. But we're only devoted to one. We're only devoted, we're only loyal to Christ because Jesus is the head of the church. I wanna show you something that Paul says when he writes to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter one, he says this, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he, Jesus, is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And I would guess that the mass majority of church hurt story and the mass stories and the mass majority of where church hurt happens is when Jesus no longer is the main focus. And instead it's unusually a man or maybe a spiritual hierarchy. If you ever wonder, if you ever wonder why I share my jacked up story so much, it's not because I enjoy it, I promise you. Last week during Easter, I shared some of my story and I shared some things that I'd never shared before. And what you don't know is that my 12-year-old, my 10-year-old and my seven-year-old were in here to hear that. I've had to have conversations with them a lot earlier than I wish I would have. But the reason I keep sharing that story is because it humbles me, but it also gives other people hope. The reason I keep sharing that story is because it points to the one man that can change your life and it's not me. And so if you're here today and you've got a story that's following you, maybe it's a church hurt story, maybe it's just a story that's jacked up like mine, I wanna let you know that God can save your life too. That he can change your life too. His name is Jesus. And no matter how jacked up your life is, he's willing to meet you in the midst of your hurts and habits and hangups. Listen to me, all of them. He's willing to meet you right in the middle of your church hurt story if need be and begin that healing process with you. If there's ever going to be healing that takes place within your story, it's only going to come through him. He knows better than anyone how church experiences and how Christians, even people represented in this room, have left you feeling unsure and uncertain if this is something that you even want to do anymore. Jesus knows better than anyone, just based on what we were talking about last week during the resurrection. After they brought him off that cross, he had no more friends. He had no more followers. They all ran, they betrayed him. I don't even know if I'd say they betrayed him. They just abandoned him because they no longer believed. And so Jesus understands better than anyone that the biggest wounds are left where trust is betrayed the most. And as much as I hate to admit it, the church may always leave you desiring more. And as determined as I am to be the best pastor that I can be to love you in the best way that I know how and to pastor to this church, I'm going to leave you disappointed at times, I have no doubt. And as much as Christians should be living out the message of love, way too often that message is lost. A lot of times in legalism. Maybe. Maybe that's why Jesus says, come to me. 
Maybe that's why Jesus says, listen, I know all these other things. As much as I want them to represent who I am, as much as I want them to show you the love that I came to offer, as much as I want them to represent the mercy and the grace that is renewed every morning for your life, it's not always going to happen that way. And so maybe that's why Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Jesus says, come to me with your wounds and your worries and your weariness because I wanna show you a better way. Jesus says, come to me with your regrets and your shame and your guilt because I've got enough grace to cover it all. Jesus says, come to me with your hope, with your hopelessness, with your hurt. And right now for some of you, even your hesitation because he desires to bring healing into your life just like he did with my friend, Matt. Check out this story. I was raised in church. The church culture and things that I grew up in, it was really kind of like my family's identity. But when I was in junior high, that whole like church structure um, fell apart. And when it did, you know, a lot of leaders came out as um, there was like, of course, you know, there was financial issues like sexual and adultery issues uh, that came up. Um, and I had also been like abused um, in that church uh, during, during that time. I started going to a church on my own. And my freshman year we went to, I went to my first summer camp. And in this camp, I just had like this really awesome experience with God. And that just was kind of like the spark that started this bonfire of me being a very obnoxious Christian as a teenager. <laughs> like right after high school, I decided that, you know, well, I was gonna go into ministry type thing. The church that, you know, I had been a part of, like brought me on staff really fast. It was about, yeah, two and a half years in and I just started to decline um, behind the scenes. I just saw a lot of things that that the church was more and more becoming more of an industry than a family of God. And so um, I wrote a letter of resignation. I resigned from the church and they came back and they were like, hey, you know, you know, we're sorry. You know, you definitely should have like mentorship in your life and you know, we're gonna fix it, don't resign. You know, things will get better type thing. I kind of, um, was paired up with like the uh, the head of our counseling center. One night he had me over and um, made a pretty aggressive like pass at me. So I actually uh, next day, you know, told every you know told the leadership what had happened, and then I got an email saying that they accepted my resignation. You know, and good luck in life. So I was walking in the mall one day and I joined the Marine Corps. Right after the Marine Corps, um, I, I got a job. I was in Charlottesville, Virginia for 13 years. Tried to get involved in the church and be involved in the church, and for some reason, I would always end up, up leaving. It's just like, you know, I can't, I can't do this again. So, I, you know, after that time, I kind of came out of it, and I was like, God, I really, I just don't want to be here anymore. It's like. You know, I can't fit into this thing called the church. 
I, uh, I was deployed uh, to Afghanistan and I came back and out of nowhere, I got a job offer to come to Colorado Springs. I prayed about it and the more God was just kind of leaning my heart, I really felt like it was something I was supposed to do. And so I got online and I was like, all right, God, I'm gonna give this another try. And I searched for church plants. And I find the orchard site and um, you know, I find Trace. So I started listening online and uh, Aaron was saying a lot of things that I had always said that, you know, if I ever found in a church that I could be a part of, you know, um, you can't hide and heal at the same time. You know, this is a place where you can stop pretending. Being a part of, like, the church again was, um, you know, it, it did have, like, a lot of caution to it. But over that time, like, God really, he just started to break down all the layers of life that I had kind of laid over, the, you know, all that, all that hurt that I never dealt with. And literally, like, after I just surrendered that to him, it was just like this weight kind of just like um, lifted off my life. So I, I think if you're looking for like this place that is going to be, I don't know, pain free, it's not going to, it's not going to exist. That it starts with that one step of, yeah, just trust. Trust in him. Can we give it up for Matt sharing his story? Don't give up on the church. And you probably got good reason to, some of you. But I want to challenge you in this. If we follow the same logic, if we were to follow the same logic on why we've decided to give up on the church, and maybe somebody's watching and this is your story, if we, if we follow the same logic of why we're giving up on the church, then you should probably give up on your spouse because they're not going to follow through with everything that they said they were going to on your wedding day. You should probably get rid of your kids. I mean, there's, an, there's a commandment that says, honor your father and mother. Some of you guys are like, is that possible? No, they would. But how well, how well are they following through on honoring their father and mother? Maybe you should get rid of every friend you've ever had because somebody's gonna b betray you. Maybe you should give up on the school system because the teachers aren't always gonna do everything they say they're gonna do for your kids. But the church, it was God's plan to reach a lost world. Is she ugly sometimes? Yeah, she is. And I can't control what all the other churches outside of this place do, but I promise you I am devoted and I am working tirelessly to make sure that this is a healthy place, starting from the top. And so I want to invite you, if there's anybody in here today and that's part of your story, and again, maybe you're here with some reluctance, would you try again? I've got three steps for you today, and they go like this. First one, if you've got a story that you've never shared with somebody else, I want to encourage you to tell someone. Because sometimes the beginning of you finding some healing in your life is just getting some of that crap out. And so I want to encourage you to tell someone. If it's a deep, if it's a deep wound, 
that you're not sure if you could just trust with just any person, maybe it needs to be with a counselor, listen to me, I'll pay for the first counseling session. Just let me know who you are. I'll pay for the first counseling session. The second thing I would do is to take a step. Like take a step in the direction of God once again. Maybe it's just showing up next week. That's it. Just coming and showing up next week and being a part of this community just one more time. Maybe that's your step. And then I would encourage you to trust again. Would you consider trusting again? And listen, I have never turned anyone down who wanted to sit down and have a conversation with me. And I've literally had people sit down and and look at me and say, are you healthy? (laughs) And I knew where that was coming from because they've been in places like this and they've been on the other side of people like me who aren't healthy. I'm gonna pray for us right now. And then we're gonna enter into a time of response. And I'll set that up. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for all the people that you have allowed to come and to be a part of this conversation. I know that it doesn't stop here because there will be people that watch this later. There will be people in this room that start to email friends and and to message friends and saying, hey, I need you to watch this sermon because I think it's gonna be of benefit to you. And so God, would you just exponentially use this conversation to begin the healing process in so many. God, this is so far beyond me. Sometimes my words feel so empty, but I believe in your power. I believe in what your son can do. And so God, my prayer today is that if there's an obstacle because of a church hurt story, because of a previous experience, God, would you remove that obstacle today so people can get to Jesus? I pray this in his name, amen.